Hey, everybody. Big week for Apple fans, particularly fans of Apple photography, because the WWDC was held in Silicon Valley at Apple's campus there in Cupertino. And, you know, the great thing about an Apple iPhone photo show is that Scott Bourne and I can really dive in on the things that you care about, which is photography and the iPhone. Right, Scott? Yes, I hope we can keep it to photography on the iPhone. I promise. There's one okay. little feature I want to talk about, but it'll be an aside at the very end. Otherwise, we're going to d dig deep on all photo-related stuff that didn't make the general press that wrote about WWDC. We're also going to talk about the May contest photo winners. And uh, Scott has an experiment he wants to tell you all about. And we have an interview with Russell Brown, who is one of the great photographers in an Adobe evangelist who's been taking pictures of lightning strikes with his iPhone. But first, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Platypod, right, Scott? It is. Platypod.com is the place to go for all your accessories. Now, if you do macro, there are a ton of cool things there. If you do landscapes, there's a ton of cool things there. If you do, you know, setups like diorama, like I do, there's a ton of cool things there. If you do product photography, there's a ton of cool things. Basically, you want to get a platypod because anywhere they will not let you use a tripod, you can use a platypod. Dr. T invented all this stuff. I've been working with him since day one when he first launched his first Kickstarter. He's had four very successful oversubscribed Kickstarters total. He's delivered on everything. And they're really nice people who give us prizes to give away and they sponsor this show. So please let them know that you appreciate that by purchasing Platypod stuff and letting them know that you heard about them from us. Scott and Jeff at the iPhone Photo Show. And there's also the iPhone Photo Team, which is our companion website where people like you have been submitting their photos uh, and showing them off and sharing them with the community. And every month we have photo winners. We'll tell you about that after we dive into WWDC. What do you think, Scott? Sounds good. You go first. <laughs> All right. So we came up with, I think it's 13 photo-related features of iOS 16 that we're excited about. And the big news from Apple that they're promoting is the all-new beautiful lock screen. And it's just going to be prettier. It's going to have uh, better fonts. And you're going to be able to do more things with pictures. And the part of this that I like is uh, photo subjects are dynamically displayed in front of the time to make the subject of the photo pop. What are your thoughts about that? Well, the thing that I really like about this, Jeff, is you can have multiple lock screens, sort of like you can have multiple watch faces on the Apple Watch. That's a really cool feature because... One of the things I hate is somebody says, here, let me show you this great photo I took of a bird, Scott. And then it's a 20-minute deal where they get into their iPhone and find it. So I have my favorite eagle picture on my lock screen, but I have others I'd like to show. So now I can have multiple lock screens. You can change the color, apply filters. You can tint it. You can change the fonts. You know, it's 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 not technically camera-related or anything, but part of photography is showing off your photos, and this is a really cool way to do it. It's a, it's a, it's not a big deal, but it, it's kind of fun. 
I change my Facebook cover photo every day just because. And I think the ability to create multiple lock screens on my iPhone is something that's great. It's just more pictures that I get to see every day. Um, you know, mo I have, what, thousands of pictures in my phone. Let's take a look at them. Let's see them. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, so um, create multiple lock screens was our number two. Number three is suggested photos. iOS intelligently suggests photos from your library that will look great on the lock screen. I can't wait. I'll believe it when I see it. So that, that's, that's my <laughs> attitude there. Yeah, this is kind of like, I don't know, when uh, Apple tries to put together photos that it thinks I'm interested in, and sometimes it puts together albums that make sense, and sometimes it doesn't. But we'll see. I, I, I'm the most skeptical about this feature of all the features we're going to talk about. Yeah, number four is Photo Shuffle, where Apple will – give us multiple photos that, that it decides we want to see every day. Let iOS surprise and delight you throughout the day. Great. Do it. I'm all for it. You can also apply photo styles to these. Um, I, I want to say a thing. I think you're going to be able to edit which photos are eligible for consideration based on my discussions with one of the developers today. I hope so, because I don't want to just randomly picking photos. Um, sure. Now, number five is photo styles, which is the Instagram-like filters uh, that, you know, you can go black and white, you can go vibrance, you can do uh, super color, you can do light, change the, the, the color temperature. Apply styles to photos on the lock screen that automatically change the color filter um, Tinting and font style to complement each other. I think this is getting too cute for school myself, but you know, we'll see. Okay, so let's move on to video where they're actually, this was totally underplayed. You hardly heard a word, word about it at the, uh, at the keynote on Monday, but uh, they've got some nice updates here. Let's start with live text in video. In videos, text is con completely interactive in paused video frames, so you can use functions like copy and paste, look up, and translate, which is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, this is something you could do with the still camera already, but now in video, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure of the application of this. I don't think I don't know. How many times you're gonna have a video and say, "Oh, look, stop! I want to see what that says." Yeah, but but, but I'd maybe, rather have it than not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's how all this stuff is. It's you know, more is better. Number seven is foreground blur in portrait photos. Portrait mode lets you blur objects in the foreground of a photo for a more realistic-looking depth of field effect. So, okay, so we're getting a new one in portrait. I now am thinking this may be one of the cooler features because for some reason, um, the camera forums, everyone's bouquet crazy. Uh, there was a time in the 60s, 70s, and 80s when they weren't, but now they are, and maybe they'll go back. But being able to get all these cool blurs and and to make it look more natural, I believe this is a response to complaints I have heard about both portrait and cinematic mode, Jeff, where people have said it kind of looks weird or wonky, not quite what you expect it to. So I guess 
this could be the response to that, but I'm certainly excited about it. Yeah, I find cinematic mode looks good about 25% of the time. 75% of the time is just too weird. You never know. And so number eight is improve quality when recording in cinematic mode. Uh, the depth of field effect is more accurate for profile angles and around the edges of hair and glasses. And that's usually where the problem is. Yeah, so th I think they've, they're addressing it. We'll see how much of this... So, so one thing we better just say right now, how much of this do we think, I mean, is all of this going to be in the SDK so that the third-party app developers can use it, or will they restrict some of this stuff, Jeff? Well, usually they make the announcement in June. We're lucky if we can see, what, 60% of the features in the fall, and they can they could wait until the spring to actually um, launch some of this stuff. They could take their time. But, you know, it's 100 or whatever new features in a software update, whatever. It's I'm not paying anything for it, so I'm happy to have them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's go, to the, let's go to the photo library, which is uh, photos identifies duplicate photos in albums so you can quickly clean up your library. Yes. If it works, I love it. Yeah, if it works. Number 10, copy and paste edits. Copy the edits you've made to a photo and paste them onto another photo, like we all do in Lightroom and other software, or a batch of photos. Great. Another way that photos is becoming more aperture-like. By the way, I want to go back to the duplicate photos thing uh, and it cleaning up your library. Can you imagine the sky screaming that will ensue if photos deletes an important photo in your library that you didn't that wasn't a duplicate and how much screaming there will be about that i think this is potentially fraught with opportunity for failure so i'm going to suggest people use this feature when it comes out sparingly just to make sure hopefully they will ask you to confirm before they delete yes that would be now see if they do that I'm good with it. And 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 that's that's the thing. If it's just going to do it on its own, then I'm not good with it. All right. Uh, number 11, this is a good one. Sort people alphabetically in your photos app. Yeah, in your photos app library, which is a monster to find stuff because we have thousands of pictures. So anything that makes it easier for me, I'm all for. Yeah, it if you take a lot of pictures of people, then this is a big deal. Now, I would be impressed, Jeff, if they allowed you to sort based on the bird's name alphabetically. Now, that would really impress me. Well, the good news is if you did that, you know that Woody Woodpecker would be at the last, last <laughs> at the bottom, right? Uh, unless a zebra can qualify as a bird. No, not, not in my book. No, um, this is a, another Photoshop-like feature that they're that they're introducing: lift subject from background, uh, from an image, or isolate the subject by removing the background. This works in Photos, Screenshot, Safari, and more. Well, this sounds incredible. Yeah, this is like you know, Photoshop select, you know, and and you can get your object and works perfect now how well it will work on the apple product we'll have to see it took photoshop a while to get it to where it was 
really, really good. The first few iterations, it was kind of clumsy, and you'd have to build a mask to sort of finish it off, and I still occasionally do. But if this works, it'll be very cool. You still have to clean things up. I always have to pull out the eraser tool and, and fix something. And Apple doesn't give me any uh, brushes or tools to do stuff like that. So that'll be interesting to see w what position we'll be in. Yeah, maybe they have better AI. And finally, my favorite feature. My favorite feature. Use the iPhone as a webcam. And use two lenses on the webcam at the same time. Record your face and record something on your desk to do a demo. I have absolutely no idea how this could how this could possibly work as I do. You, okay, go for it. Tell me. I spoke with a developer friend this morning. He said it's going to use AI to use the super wide camera to bend around and get what's on your desktop and then using AI reconstruct it so it looks like a flat image. That's exactly how it works. Okay, so through magic. Um, one of the reasons <laughs> I like it so much is that I use the iPhone as my webcam on a daily basis. Uh, and I have to pay an app developer $5 a month for the privilege of doing that because I have to go through the app, which is the other snag is the phone has to be plugged into the computer. I have to have the camo app up on the iPhone, the camo app up on the computer, and I'm paying $60 a year. And Apple's claiming that we will be wireless and paying nothing. So I'm a happy guy. Yeah, I don't use a webcam because I have a face built for radio, but I think this is a really good feature. There's one thing I don't think you have on the list, Jeff, that I do, and I want to put it, I want to mention it. Go for it. Which is new domains for the visual lookup. And why I'm excited about this is when you're looking through your Photos app, visual lookup adds recognition for birds. Mm. Insects and statues, by the way, also. That seems like the oddest three things to pick. But the part that says birds has me excited. So it will automatically, allegedly recognize birds. Okay. Well, I hope it works. Um, the that, that the lookup feature came out about a year ago. It works sometimes. Other times it doesn't. But when it does, I'm a happy person. I, I just got to wonder who was sending in those emails saying, I want insect lookup. And another guy going, no, I want statue lookup. <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite. So um, the, the, I believe that was 14 of the 16. And yeah. I just want to throw out one non-photo related feature because oh, I think it's so funny. Okay. Call hang up. You can now hang up a call completely hands-free. Just say, hey, Siri, hang up. That's after you say, bye, Scott. That, uh, <laughs> but, Jefferson right? covers all kinds of technology on his Substack newsletter. So if you're interested in technology that has nothing to do with the iPhone camera, I suggest you subscribe to that show. Uh, we're going to try to stick with the photography stuff here. And in, in doing so, we probably should talk to Dr. Russ Brown and see what he thinks, Jeff. He's an amazing photographer. Be sure to follow him on Instagram where I, he's Dr. Underscore Brown, and that's DR. And he works for Adobe. He's an evangelist. He's been at Adobe for many years. And you've got to see his, his pictures always knock me out. And this one that he shot of the, a lightning bolt over Monument Valley with his iPhone, I just reached out and said, you got to come on the show and talk about it. So 
Here he is. I was on the edge of the valley looking over um, Monument Valley, and it's called the uh, View Hotel. This crazy weather starts when you're uh, when this um, thunderstorms come in. You're familiar. There's this this gust of swirling wind that comes just before the rain. It's this um, like tornado-like spinning of the air started happening. The dust blew into the air around there. But I get out my iPhone and I remember that um, particular application I have called Slow Shutter can be left open and record over a period of time and it won't overexpose. It will only do an additive expose. What I mean, it will, it's like a blend mode in Photoshop. If, if something gets brighter on the screen, then it records that brightness. That's how crazy it got. I'm pointing in the spot where I think the next lightning bolt is going to come down based upon the movement of the cloud across the valley. And I'm telling you, <laughs> I was so incredibly lucky. I pointed the phone in the right place on a sturdy tripod because the winds are spinning around. Pointed it up, started the exposure. And what, you know, you do work at Adobe. You're, you kind of know Photoshop yeah. and Lightroom kind of well. So what did you do to the photo afterwards? I used clarity and dehaze. And I found, I find that with landscapes, that a little bit of clarity and dehaze will take out the sort of flatness to the image and sharpen up the bolt, making it look a little sharper. It also makes the clouds more dramatic. I'm, I'm into drama. And um, was this Lightroom mobile on your phone or on the computer? Yes, yes. this is a very good question. Um, I'm on the phone. I'm a big Lightroom mobile user. I barely go to my desktop anymore because I'm capturing on the phone. I then transfer it to Lightroom. It, it transfers automatically into Lightroom on my phone. And then I uh, upload it to the Creative Cloud. And then I finish things off on an iPad uh, just because it's larger and I can work with it. So. So you have Lightroom on your iPad and the same image you captured on the phone and now appears on your iPad and you finish it up. And so the whole workflow is iPhone to the Creative Cloud, Creative Cloud to my iPad and iPad to Instagram and Facebook. Okay. So <laughs> let's go back to the lightning. So we're out. Yeah, next, sorry. yeah we're, we're out next. Lightning. We're out next week. We're staying at a hotel. We look out the window and there's lightning. It, uh, I could be anywhere. It, it, this is all the people listening. So, yeah. so they happen to have a nice little balcony where they're, yeah. they're covered and not going to get hit by a lightning bolt. Okay. Please. So pull out your tripod, put your phone yeah. on your tripod, open up the slow shutter app. Right. Yes. And set it to where? Um, it has two settings. Um, it, it has a setting under the um, slow shutter setting for something called bulb, where you want to leave it conti 
continuously open with a bulb. It means you have bulb on your regular cameras. It just leaves the aperture open. And then there's a slider called sensitivity. And I find that I want it to be so sensitive that it sees the flash, sees all the details in the flash. And so the sensitivity has to be on full, 100%. The slider goes all the way over. Okay. And then the the minute the bolt goes down, you've you've taken the shot and... Yeah. Once the bolt goes down, turn it off. Because if you leave it running and a second bolt should go down, then you'll have both bolts in the same photo. Let's close it by letting everybody know how to find you and how to see some of the stuff. If you want to know what I'm doing and you want to know um, my latest tips and techniques, you're going to find them on Instagram, uh, which is dr underscore brown. On that note, Russell Brown, thank you so much. Thank you. So he's a fun guy, huh, Scott? He is. I've known him for a very long time. He's one of the early employees at Adobe. He's not really a doctor, uh, but he goes by Dr. Russell Brown. And he has spoken at like every Adobe event, every Photoshop world for Scott Kelby. He's he's a real entertaining guy. He's a quirky guy. He's a talented guy. And I promise you, there's just not a single feature in Photoshop he doesn't know everything about. So on top of all of that talent, he's a brainy guy. I, I just never met anybody that is a encyclopedia of Photoshop knowledge like him. Terry White's pretty close, but this guy, he knows it all. Um, but speaking of great photos, we saw a lot of amazing photos on the iPhone photo team dot com website in May, where, as always, we have a photo contest and we have winners to announce. Scott, would you like to do the honors? I will. And I want to mention that the contest is free to enter. All you have to do is go to iPhone Photo Team and sign up to be a member, which is also free. And then you go to our circles, and these circles represent different genres, like black and white, panorama, landscape, wedding, portraits. You post as many pictures as you want. They must be taken with an iPhone, and we do check. And we will pick the one we like the best and monthly give away a prize. Now... If you have a U.S. address, we will send you a physical prize. If you are like today's winner, what we will do instead is give you a credit for behind our paywall, which is coming. It's a little delayed, I promise. I thought we would have it May 15th, but we're, I promise we're working on it, but it's going to be another month or two, but we're going to have it. Once we have the paywall open, then our winner today will be able to use a $50 credit there. He is Jason Stevenson. He's from South Africa. He has an incredible black and white image. Now, here's what I'm not sure about, Jeff. This is a sports person uh, playing a game. I think it's cricket. But it could be badminton, and it could be lacrosse. So I'm picking one of those three things. Uh, I'm the wrong guy to ask because I'm sports illiterate. I understand. So anyway, it's a stunning image. We're going to have a copy of it on the show notes. And guess where you get to see the show notes? That's right, over at iPhonePhotoTeam.com. And I will put the picture there, and and you will be able to see it. We also have a runner-up, and it's Daniel Walker's panorama image from Yellowstone. 
Normally, we do not give a prize to the runner-up, but today, thanks to community member Greg McMillan, he's a part of our team here at iPhone Photo Team. He's a community member. He has donated a free ebook copy, which is available on the Apple Bookstore called Why I Chose iPhoneography, and we're going to give that gift to the runner-up, Daniel Walker. We'd love to see your pictures. It's one of our favorite things to do at the end of the month is to pick the winners. And uh, we have a Loom Cube mini light to give away next month. So that's a cool prize. Let's see your entries. Remember, it's all free, free, free. I was particularly blown away by a lot of the black and white work that was on the site this month. And if you really want to be inspired, Look up the name Mal McCann. He was on the show a few weeks ago. He's an Irish photographer who just takes the most amazing iPhone shots. And um, I think that's really all I need to say is his stuff is amazing. Go take a gander. Yeah, we got good stuff on there from a lot of people. Let's uh, Speaking of great photographers, one of my all-time favorites is Scott Bourne. <laughs> and he did something really fun this month. Tell everybody, or actually it was this week. Tell everybody about what you did. Well, there's a post up about it on iPhone Photo Team. I was, it's been raining here in Washington since Halloween. In fact, we just got note from the Weather Service. It's been the rainiest six months in the history of the state since they kept records. And just got told that we have another one of those big, massive rain tornadoes coming our way tomorrow. So I'm not, you know, the birds don't like to come out of the, the cover when it's like that. I'm not photographing birds when it's like that. So I have my indoor studio and I decided to do some work on a diorama. Yes, I'm playing with little toys and I have a, I have a character. Uh, I'm using uh, my friend Hannibal Lecter for this shot. And I got a little space place that he's been teleported to. So this is the story behind my photo. For those of you who follow me, I always try to think story when I think photographs. So what I tried to do was, well, imitate the Star Trek teleporter trick. And the way I came up with doing it is I'm using the Reflex Pro camera app, which has, in my opinion, the best long exposure tools available anywhere for an iPhone. And I set it up and I put some lights on there. And then I went to Amazon, spent $7 on red. They call them fairy lights. They're just tiny little LEDs. And so all I did was I pressed the shutter button for the three-second delay on the iPhone, which was sitting on a platypod, on top of a platypod. And I spun the LED lights around Hannibal Lecter, and it came up with this kind of cool look that looks like he's teleporting. It actually worked. And I have a, I'll have a link to this uh, in the show notes, how I do it. So if it's raining and you're bored, use your iPhone and come up with cool stories and try to experiment with stuff like this. You never know what you'll get. And, of course, remember that the iPhone is water-resistant, and it's really <laughs> fun to shoot in the rain because it's not something you're going to do with your traditional big camera. You can you can do well. I can shoot with my big camera in the rain. It doesn't matter. I usually photograph birds, and they don't like to come out in the rain, so I'm stuck in the studio. All right. Um, 
Okay, so we talked about that. The Apple Design Awards are announced every year at WWDC, which again is the Worldwide Developer Conference, where Apple gives a tip of the hat to what they think or what it thinks are the most creative apps out there. And and uh, so I went through the list, and the one, of course, that interests me is the photo app, which they and this this qualifies as our pick of the week as well. Uh, Halide Mark II. Couples the power of a DSLR camera with a clutter-free interface that you can control with one thumb. Intuitive gestures modeled after the focus and exposure dials on an old-school camera make pros feel at home while capturing gorgeous ML-enhanced raw images. And so I downloaded the app, and I had a lot of fun shooting in manual focus. There's something that Apple's uh, camera app doesn't really let you do, but the Halide app has a loop to uh, check your focus and and focus uh, selectively. And it's not, it's one of those that once again is a subscription. It's 99 cents either weekly or a month. I'm not sure exactly, but you month. will have to pay for it. Okay, so a dollar a month. Yeah, now I, I have some background on this, Jeff, and I want to go into it. I have this app, and it's sixty dollars to buy it on a buyout. Sixty dollars, and I just even me, who you you always accuse me of spending too much money on stuff. Even I thought that was too much, but then I did some more digging. So here's the deal: this is Halide Mark II. Please understand, there are two apps. There's Halide and Halide Mark II. Apple gave the design award to Halide Mark II. Now, here's where the kerfuffle comes. People who bought Halide Mark I and paid $35, which was the buyout price for that product, got up in arms about the fact that when Halide upgraded the app, they didn't get that upgrade, so they have to pay again and I've come to the conclusion that if you want to use Halide, the best way to do it is just go ahead and pay the dollar a month. And again, even there, it's not a dollar a month. It's $12 a year. You have to pay for a whole year. You can't just pay for a month. But I think it's worth it. And I think if they continue to update and upgrade on the schedule they've used so far, you'll actually be better off paying a dollar a month for it for as long as you want to use it, because then you won't have to get and worry, worry about getting locked out of the next big upgrade, which is what you will face if you spend 60 bucks. And I want to say that I think its strongest features are the raw, and also it has a great macro mode. Now, what's really cool is if you, here's a, tr I already have a tip. I have a halide tip that we're this early in the game, Jeff, and I have a halide tip. You press and hold the app on your screen and it offers to open in variety of modes including macro manual automatic and i really like the macro mode i think halide has the best macro mode of any iphone app i think reflux has the best long exposure mode of any app and i also happen to think that halide does a great job with the raw files and i'm briefly going to just get a little deep dive here there's apple raw and then there's raw. Make sure you understand the difference. Apple raw still has a little magic thrown in and you still have lots more dynamic range to edit with, but it's not a true raw. The bare sensor that's in the iPhone 
puts out a true raw photo for those who use third-party apps. It's not accessible versus Apple's app. It is accessible in Halide. It is accessible in Filmic's First Light. It is accessible in Reflex and a bunch of others. So if you want to truly work in RAW, you're going to have to get one of these apps. Do understand, though, that the Pro RAW from Apple gives you a little help. And I have to admit, I'm a pretty good photographer. I've been doing this 50 years. I kind of prefer working with the Apple Pro RAW myself because usually their little bit of help is is good, but sometimes it's really foobar. And in those cases, I go to the Bear Sensor RAW. This is a great app. You're going to pay for it. It's only a seven-day free trial. I do want to mention it works on the iPad, Jeff. One of the few apps in this range that works with the iPad, and it does trigger from the Apple Watch. Very few of these third-party apps do that. So you just got a mouthful of helpful tips from Scott Bourne. Uh, besides the fact that he just saved you some money, he gave you some idea on, on shooting raw one way or the other. So, you know, you really do a good service today, Scott, for everybody. I'm, I'm, trying, to earn my, I'm trying to earn my dollar a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, one more time, everybody, please go to the iPhonePhotoTeam.com and show us your photos. Yes, we'd really like to see them. We'd also like to hear from you. What would you like to hear us talk about on the show? iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com is our email address. You can reach us there or you can message us at iPhonePhotoTeam.com. We're here every Friday with a free episode of the iPhone Photo Show. And guess what? Next week, Jeff, is our six-month anniversary. And they said it wouldn't last. Okay. Pretty cool. Um, that would be episode 26? Episode 26. All right. Uh, maybe we should get a, a marching band for us or something. Yeah, we'll have to at least get some sound effects or something. Anyway, uh, Jeff, when we're not doing this show together, where can people find you? JeffersonGram.net, at JeffersonGram on Twitter and Instagram. Look for me on YouTube for my PhotoWalks TV series, youtube.com slash TV. And uh, Scott, how about yourself? I'm on Twitter at Scott Bourne, Facebook Scott Bourne, and most of the time I'm over at iPhonePhotoTeam.com. But I do also have a website, ScottBourne.com. Please check in with me. Let me know if I can help you. We're so thankful that you listened to the show. So we'll see you for our anniversary show next week. That's right. Half a year. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>